0: Hey there listeners, Ruckman here, one of your co-hosts of the Crew 3 Podcast. Just wanted to say sorry for the delay in getting this episode out to you guys. Uh, There was initially some issues with the audio, but that was all fixed this morning, and I'm finally able to get this out the door and into your ear holes. So going forward, we're trying a bit of a different new format, but this this episode is sort of our test in that, and we're trying to, going forward, focus less on just leaked Eclipse dumps. We're still going to discuss some of those here and there. We're definitely going to go over the big top eights from the weekend's. But going forward, we're going to start doing a little bit more constructive on big decks in the format, you know, breaking down things like in this, we're talking with Ricky about is it Phoenix and his prep for the side events going on, the PTQ grind at Magic Fest Austin that happened this weekend. Going forward, we're going to start breaking down more deck lists, talking about just sort of archetypes in the format in general and giving you guys a little bit more of a deep dive into what makes this format run rather than just running through deck lists for you all. So I hope you guys enjoy this new format structure and thank you all for listening and we're happy to have the new listeners we gained from over the weekend with that sort of help with the press return and Community College and coming up with his top five list for pioneer obviously you know we're going to talk about that in the episode we're going to record this week uh, but for now hopefully you all enjoy this episode and look forward to next week coming and again thank you all for the new listeners here for our continued listeners thank you for sticking around through us you know we're still in the ground we're still learning here and i hope you all enjoy <laughs> Welcome back to Crew 3. Thank you for tuning in this week. We've got a little bit of change of the structure here, uh, but as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, how are you doing?
1: Hey.
2: Pretty good.
0: All right. So let's talk about our weeks real fast, as usual. Uh, I, don't, I went to, if you still follow our Twitter, I went ahead and I replayed that same Gruel Coco list that I played on last Wednesday, again on Friday. Uh, experience just about the same. I went two and two with it. Uh, I had a buy win, and then I picked up a round against sort of slower blue black, like controlling mid range strategy. I was trying to play a lot of like Thief Sanity type effects and things of that nature. Pretty interesting idea, but it's that type of matchup where again I figured a slower deck list and this Cocoa list is going to perform very well against, but then I played against mono red, mono green aggro, and they just completely wiped the floor with me. That sort of matches up again with my thoughts on how that deck's going to perform. If you're in a slower metagame, It'll definitely perform a little better, I think, but if anyone has any sort of cheap removals, especially like the burn decks playing two damage removal to kill your dorks, kill your goblins, it's you're going to have a rough time. Uh, did either of you guys get a chance to play?
2: Yeah, actually, I went out to my locals for the Sunday Pioneer. Um, I played the Dredge List, dredge list that uh, got featured on Tellurian Community College this week.
0: Okay, and how'd that go for you? I know you tried that um, deck list earlier and it didn't do so well for you.
2: Right, I had great results. Um, I split first and second place with uh, my opponent. Um, we played for the extra foil pack, and I did lose that to Bant Spirits pretty handily, but my other three matches were all easy wins. Awesome. Well, what like was weird. different this time? Nobody had Yard Hate. Like I played against a blue-white control player who probably had Yard Hate in Game 2. Just didn't see or, it. Sorry, in Game 3. Because in game two, I kept a really bad hand and just, like, immediate punish when, like, he countered my Grizzly Salvage, mm-hmm. and I just didn't have anything else after that. But uh, in game three, I went to turn one Stitcher Supplier, mm. and I hit Prized Amalgam, Haunted Dead, Driven to Despair, and then I had another Prized Amalgam in my hand. So on turn two, at the end of his turn, I had a 2-2, a 1-1 Flyer, a 1-1 on the ground, and 2 three threes. <laughs> Nice. And then I cast Despair, and took five cards out of his hand. Wow. and that was the game. That'll do uh, it. Then against like uh, against Boggles, I late game. I hadn't hit any creeping chills, and I just cast a Grizzly Salvage that had three creeping chills in it to just win the game out of nowhere. Wow, nice. And so and our, that deck is really, really, really explosive. And you can get very punished if you don't keep very explosive hands, but sometimes you just like hit all your creeping chills way early and it just run away with the game. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun. I had more fun than I should have been having <laughs> playing Pioneer. Sure. I think the deck is really fun, and I think it's worth playing at like F and maybe like local PTQs. I wouldn't take it to like a GP Phoenix, probably. I think the variance over 15 rounds would get to you. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I do think that the deck has like the perfect amount of variance for a four to five round event, to just like get some explosive wins. Well
0: Awesome, it's a good endorsement. I'm glad to see your found some success with that deck list. I know when you initially tried it about a few weeks back, it wasn't wasn't as hot for you.
2: Yeah, I ran some scrap Heap Scroungers in the board, which was different, and I brought them in almost every game. The card is definitely insane. Yeah, you still feel like um, you had
1: leftover cards to to exile with scrap heap scrounger.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, there's, like, Seder Wayfinders in the yard, Shit. and, like, this Narcomoebus, once they're in the yard, they're worthless. Yeah,
1: they're random duders.
2: It felt fine. Deathrite Shamans were amazing, as always. Like, I'm sure two is the correct number, but there were just games where, like, I got the last six points in with just Deathrite Shaman.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Just doing its best Grim Law of Man's for impersonation. <laughs> that's, just, yep. that's right, living its best life.
2: Just like, yeah, I'm gonna exile, exile your spell... Exile your spell. Stop you from casting your treasure cruise. Exiling Griff Spoon.
1: That so, seems pretty good.
0: In other news, guys, uh, well, actually, sorry, Chris, did you did you get a chance to play?
1: I have not played in, in probably a couple of weeks now. We have the holidays, and this past week I've actually gotten a bunch of gear together to uh, start recording for us um, when we go to PAX. So unfortunately I won't be able to play at uh, GP Awesome this weekend like I had planned on doing. Uh, so that was kind of unfortunate. So hopefully next week we get a chance to play. But I'm putting some gear together to make a video for us at uh, PAX South. So sounds nice, good. Nice. All right. So uh, we'll put a pin in GP Austin there.
0: Magic Fest Austin. And we'll come back to that in a second because I know as we've talked about, Ricky is going to be there jamming Pioneer all weekend. Uh, so today, uh, just to give a little preview here, the new format we're going to start to go forward with, uh, we definitely feel like that we're going to talk about the major top eights of the week. So like for instance, in here here in a minute, we're going to talk about the big. Pioneer classic results. So, if there's a a GP top eight or anything like that, we're going to focus on that and we're going to start bringing you guys less of the leagues. We'll probably visit leagues a little bit sort of when Theros comes out to see any sort of big changes over over the the course of. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like sort of as we go forward now, we're going to start just sort of picking an archetype, picking a card, picking a deck, and just sort of deep diving and theory crafting for you guys to give you guys sort of our thoughts and info and input on those types of strategies. So we're going to put a pin in GP in uh, Magic Fest Austin. We'll come back to that here in a few minutes to get to get uh, Ricky's idea on sort of what he's going to be wanting to play. And so let's talk about, how about that uh, that Pioneer Classic Top 8, guys?
2: Pretty diverse. More interesting than the modern. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think this is, a, is starting to be a clear sign of we have some idea of what our metagame is going to be, right? So the Top 8, just to break it down rather quickly, we had Mono Red Aggro winning it uh, with second place being Mono Green Ramp. Third place being Azorius Control. Fourth place, another mono red aggro list. Fifth place, I think, kind of a surprise for me at least, uh, being Jun Sacrifice. I know it's been picking up a little bit in some of the uh, online spheres, but I mean, this is a pretty good showing for it coming in at fifth place. Sixth place, of course, we have Hardened Scales. Seventh place, uh, Mono Black Aggro. And eighth place, being Hardened Scales. Uh, I mean, so Mono Green Ramp is kind of that similar take that we've been seeing for a while now. Uh, not the devotion strategy, the aggro strategy. It's, you know using its uh, Arboreal Grazers, things like that, just to get more lands on the battlefield and ramp into big cards like Ulamog or Ugin or things like that. This one's now running Cavalier of Thorns and running, like, World Breakers and stuff like that. Uh, this model Red deck list is, pre- I think, what's coming in more standard now, the Torbrand version, right? I mean, that seems pretty, mm-hmm. pretty much the standard stock build right now.
2: This Hardened Scales list is spicier than normal Hardened Scales.
0: Which one were you looking at? The, uh...
1: The AJ Grenkey Sixth Place? Yeah, that's that's one I'm gonna dive in on. Yeah, you so wanna let's... dive in on this, let's, Chris? Let's pick, I
0: mean, yeah, let's pick a part of this. Let's talk about that Jun Sacrifice deck list. But I feel like every, all the other deck lists are pretty pretty stock standard for the format, and I would, you know, it would be decks you could easily expect to see at your local events or any major events going forward, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's just, that's a deck that I've been considering playing for the while I have all the cards to it. And was a card I had actually... A deck I had actually pretty much written off. Um, because you just saw less and less of it, and, like, playing against it, um, as the Phoenix player was just, like, Nev. it was never super impressive. Like, it was just a little too slow to get started. Like, it needed an extra turn, and at mm-hmm. that point, I had either had, like, multiple Phoenixes out, or, like, was able to kill, um, the Winding Instructor pretty easy, uh, you know, At that point, we were playing more Thing in the Ice, like Thing in the Ice just kind of wrecked it. Those are all things you were doing before they got started, and basically you weren't keeping hands that didn't do things like that, um, mostly against any deck, but especially against that kind of deck. They just got started a little too slow, so I was not impressed with that. It was just missing something. And this this version of the deck, I, I'm going to tell you, I think the big innovation here is a lot with Troll it's not one I saw a ton of because they've kind of gone back to the mix. At the beginning, there were kind of two schools where it was like, well, are you going to play the Pelt Collector version and the Experiment sure. 1 version that just incidentally put counters on its creatures? I like that version more because like, you didn't need hardened scales necessarily to make the deck good. You could you could have a an okay backup beatdown plan. The other version was Artifacts. We're going to play um, Steel Overseer to have an extra way that that's just a good card anyway and play the best, you know, the best counter cards like Walking Blast and Hangar Back Walker. Uh, this does a little bit of both with the innovation of Lotless Troll. That's a card that's going to get you counters incidentally without relying on playing bigger creatures mm-hmm. uh, and allow you to discard cards like this. Uh, Slitherhead. Uh, Slitherhead, that's it. Yeah, Slitherhead's a card. It's a 1 mana, 1 1, but it scavenges for 0 to give a plus 1 plus 1 counter on something. So it, it's a deck that I was happy to see do well. There are actually multiple copies in the top 16. Uh, all playing the same 75 Also
0: Clawless also troll, I don't mm-hmm. think that regenerate for a single black is very irrelevant.
1: No, I think that's super relevant. I mean, I think, like, it, it costs two. So, like, when anything costs two in this format, you go, well, you know, the most popular removal spell is uh, Fatal Push? Yes. Is the name of the card? Yes. So Fatal Push, uh, you know, gets a two and then a four if you upgrade it. And, like, that's a card that, you know, you play a two-drop... You go, well, that's an easy target for that. But that regenerate ability is super sick, especially because it's one of the best, you know, the cheapest regeneration abilities that we've seen. So Mm -hmm. the one black regenerate, I think, is super relevant. It gives you a resilient threat that is going to get massive. I mean, that thing, that seen that card get pretty big. Um, I can only imagine with hardened scales and a winding constructor what, you know, what that quite looks like. So you can go all in on that card pretty safely. And still win. So, I, like I said, I think Lotleth Troll was kind of the big innovation, and then kind of, you know, kind of slamming just an incidental counters card with the Hanger back Walkers and the Walking Blasters because yeah, Walking Blesses is just insane in that deck.
0: I was definitely, um, I have a friend who's sort of casually getting back into Magic and getting into Pioneer with me, so I can, cause it's pretty easy for me to take him to the Pioneer events we go to, right? Mm-hmm. I've been going to. And he has been, like, really, he really linked in on, like, the, the Hard and Scales type of deck strategy, but he's wanted to spend a whole lot of money at the moment he like he's sort of he's he's building into it at a good pace i think but mm-hmm. he didn't want to go like whole hog and he ended up not getting them but i when we were initially looking at card options i i had glossed over a lot Troll as a good option and i am excited actually like you're saying it, i think it was a good option and i think it's it's an interesting card an exciting card to be seeing play i don't think that card uh that got a good amount of love at standard time i remember right
1: mm-hmm. uh, but yeah see. you definitely you definitely saw some out there
0: yeah, definitely. Now seeing again here, I think is a really yeah, interesting regress. include, and uh, definitely helps out against that regenerate. I mean, helps out against those blue white matchups for sure.
1: Yeah, it, as well. This deck like isn't crazy crazy expensive. It, it's more expensive than the average deck, mostly because of the walking ballistas. Like, yeah. if you have walking ballistas and some of the stuff, like you can build either this deck or a version of it for not very expensive. Again, most of this deck uh, is the is lands, hanger back walker, or sorry, yeah, walking ballistas. Um,
2: plays three Thoughtseys in the board, which is like a hundred bucks, and then...
1: That's true. The the in the... Last Hope. The Thought in the board is, is definitely uh, up there, yeah. But like I said, is probably something you're swapping out. I'm just saying, you can make this a budget deck. Um, you know, with, well, well, with, like, like My, opinion, my, 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 my friend
0: bought two control. copies of the uh, the explore Challenger deck, right? And that's where mm-hmm. he started as a base level. Yeah. And we just picked up some Winding Constrictors and Hardened Scales, and he was doing like pretty well... And I think he'd have done better if he was a little more experienced in his playing, right? Right. Uh, but he just had like we just picked up some more Verterus Gear Hulk, so you can build like a pretty solid version of this decklist for about under a hundred dollars, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I said, you, you can build a more funzies version that I, I don't think is quite as competitive, but it does the main thing, like right. Like I think a lot of the trolls and all-star Stonecoil Serpents not that expensive. Um, you can play these Tileless Trackers; they're not that expensive. Um, find ways to put counters on your cards, and again, like you can still throw in if you want to do like i, I did like the incidental counters version more is what I call it, where like you 're putting counters on your creatures anyway with your your uh, experiment ones and pulp collector type cards like, sure that 's a way to take the deck that makes it a lot cheaper you know this 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 is not even playing Thoughtseize in the main deck you know yeah you 've got your uh, two abrupt decays one assassin's trophy otherwise you're your foot to the gas pedal
0: yeah and then of course the uh the top of the deck list I wanted to talk about is. Someone must have scrubbed out of whatever standard side of event was going on and threw, threw in their Hangerback Walkers into their their Jun Sacrifice deck list. Because this is, you know, aside from a few sideboard cards like Thought, Season Fatal Push, this is just in some of the mana, right? I mean, this is pretty <laughs> yeah. stock.
2: I mean, stock
0: just Jun Sacrifice. Yep. Yeah.
2: Only four Blooming Marsh. It's four Blooming Marsh and four Hangerback Walkers. Hangerback Walker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly... I mean, even in the board. We've yeah. got like three love-struck priests, two wicked wolf.
1: Yeah, hey, we yeah. got some three thoughtsees. They're out there. Yeah, there we go. We have got some fatal pushes. Well, this is
0: this is exactly this is just this st- almost exactly just the stock. So you know, standard players, if you guys are out there, uh, here you go.
1: Here you go. Here it be. <laughs> yeah,
0: we yeah, what I mean. It's, it's Trail just of Trail of Crumbs.
2: Trail of Crumbs. I, I like that card a lot. I think it's sweet. It's yeah. definitely gonna Mayhem help, you. Cost help gas man. you up. It's, yeah. uh, it's Corvald the Hurst King. I'm
1: surprised we don't see Fatal Push in the main deck here, given that that card's a lot better <laughs> in this deck.
2: Probably, uh, yeah.
1: Right? I mean, I don't know. That's just I, I, something where it's like, I, you have the way to make it kill fours. Like, I mean, that's... Yeah, you
2: have four Murderous Rider. You do. There's four Murderous Rider and a Golgari Queen. Why are we in
0: playing master, Murderous the master, Rider? Master roll World's gonna swipe up a lot of the...
1: yeah. It just feels to me just like Fatal Push is a very efficient removal spell. It just seems like this is the deck for it. It feels like we should find some room for this somewhere. Whatever that may be. If it, it just has to feel... It feels very wrong. I'm sure this guy put more effort into this than I did, right? Like, who am I? To say I, I don't
0: it? think you're that worried about Mono Red. I mean, you've got,
1: like, just cat... You're not ac- really
2: afraid of early drop creatures. Like, you just got to put a cat in the way.
1: Yeah, sack it to the oven. I mean, yeah, but, like, you, you're you probably pretty scared of things like Steel Leaf Champion, uh, Questing Beast... Like these sure. are cards that die. die to your fatal pushes really easy, and I guess well, that's why they're uh, on the board, right? Questing Beast
2: but, isn't that scary because you can just block it for days. No, because the Grall decks have been running away from Questing Beast. I
1: didn't think you could block Questing Beast. What's the what, that that card has a million texts on it? What, what uh, what's power, power? Two. Are you talking or about less... Love
2: Struck Beast or Questing Beast? Questing, Questing Beast, Beast. two beasts. Oh well, nobody's running Questing Beast right now. That's yeah, it's like mana. it's like, it like in the sideboard. Ah, like, I
0: see, Questing Beast is a sideboard card. There's no Okas running around anymore. You don't need Questing Beast. Sure. Yep. You don't
2: need. You don't need. The Nexus. You you don't need to beat Nexus. Uh, it's
0: it's, just, a, it's a slow on the, the board is. at best. It's, I just it's a slow in the board at best. Um, I,
1: I, I, I couldn't still, resist the synergy here. That's for sure. I would not be one to put my fatal pushes in this. No, fatal
0: push is still very good. I think you're right. Like there could be some room for it, but I think like Masker Girl is going to do a lot of work in sweeping up a lot of the threats for you. Here. Yeah, I suppose. And Culture Familiar is just going to draw your game out. So like a, a couple turns extra, so that you can turn the corner against the aggressive decks.
2: Paradise Druid is just what has me like trying to bend over backwards trying to figure that one out.
0: Paradise Druid probably could just be a man, like a one-mana dork.
2: It could just be like a Lana Werewolf probably. Like, it, it'll tap red-black. There's a lot of weird <laughs> mana constrictions in this deck. So sure. I, I don't play standard, so excuse
1: it. me if this is a trick that you can already do here, but like... Would you rather just keep... run
0: Sylvan Carrier to over Paradise Druid, though?
2: No, because you want to attack. I guess. You want the ability to attack, right?
0: I, I think Sylvan Carrier just blocks more. And if you're worried about all these aggressive decks just getting in the way, right? Like... Blocking with Paradise Shirt seems a little better. Or blocking with Sylvan Carried seems a little better. And Sylvan Carried just can't be, like... It's never going to be hit by a removal spell.
1: Right. Maybe uh, maybe it didn't happen because he, like, he put it uh, over with his, with his standard... <laughs> standard. He just took a standard... But he had, four, had, but he had
0: those four Hanging Back ready.
1: That's right, he did. He did have those. Can you, as I was saying a second ago, when you play Massacre Girl, can you sacrifice your uh, your cat in response to the ability yeah, to trigger like the, the, trigger on the stack, yeah. Again?
0: yeah, I mean, so, like, trigger on the stack, you could sacrifice it, right? hmm And then, um... Or does that the, second
1: ability only go off after the first ability's gone off? The, the,
0: the, um... The Master Girl second trigger only is, works is, after the first, after the first one resolves. Are you sure it's a period? It is still part of that same ability, though.
1: Yeah. It is? Yes.
2: Yeah, or else it would be a separate ability and trigger every turn.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking it was. Maybe that's a comma there and not a period.
2: Which would be... No, insane. it is a period. It is a...
1: But the period doesn't
0: break it up like you think it does it is still structurally part of the same ability.
1: So hold on. So when we, so so there's an interaction with Dovescape and uh, and whatever else, where well, the period's super relevant. I guess it's just breaking up a sentence. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a different line, is what we're saying. Correct. Okay, I see what you're saying now.
2: Welcome back to Three Judge. Carry on,
1: carry on. Yeah, yeah, at some point we've all been Level 1 judges. It's just been the longest oh, for me. Oh, hold on. But I'm
0: the only one here that's been a Level 2 judge. This is
1: also true. You are the only one who's been yeah, a Level 2 You're
2: judge. the only Level 2 judge. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: In
0: existence. Trademark. That's true. On the just, just
1: just to shit on your dreams a little bit. I don't really actually mean to, because it is it is still you definitely know more about the rules than me. Uh, but it was easier to become a level two when you became a level two than when I was a level one. Let me just say that. Okay, Going back in the right. day when Ricky and I were level ones, we okay, Grandpa, up hill both ways. Okay, Grandpa. We had to. Uh, uh, all right, all right. So
0: that's that's enough. Study with our. That's that's enough. Top eight like Um, I while well, Grandpa rambles on back there. <laughs> um, I was hoping we could have a little discussion on a band list, but it turns out the last Olive Garden social worked out for everyone. Yeah. It was a good lunch that day. Nothing got what.
1: banned. Tell you what, waitress did a good job. Waitress did a
0: good job. They well, got all those gift cards good- for Christmas. <laughs> That's right. It was. Uh, hopefully everyone sent it. I mean, I sent mine in. Did you guys send yours in? Definitely. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. I did. All right, good, good, good. Um, so yeah, so I mean, nothing got banned. I put it out on Twitter, guys. We're we're gonna see. They did announce that next week, next Monday is going to be the last weekly update, at which, cause at that point, it's to start coinciding with the, the update, the banlist updates of whenever we feel like it. Right. Uh, which I think is good, because... Huge we're update, gonna, big
1: update. We're, we're going gonna gonna from lock. every week to whenever we want to.
0: Yeah, which I mean is good, because it means they have more leeway in taking care of things like Oko oh, faster, right? Sure. Um, but I think unless we see a preemptive Heliod ban, or a preemptive Walking Ballista ban, or something crazy happens in the next couple days... I don't think anything's going to happen in the format next week. I could be wrong. I hope I'm Unban not wrong. Unban
2: Oath of Nyssa. Unban Oath... Yeah, I could probably get behind that. What? Well, that card does not need to be banned.
0: I knew that it was Lugari Grave Troll, but...
2: No! Please free the troll. Yeah. put, put price to <laughs> not I would go back moves. to modern like that.
0: Uh yeah and then you quit again another week, like
2: let's be honest. Yeah, here. probably. Yeah. Like he'd get <laughs> o code from the graveyard somehow. Yeah,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> I'd so, try to dredge him and he's like, Oh I Oko'd that it's an elk in your graveyard. So now.
0: speaking of modern, Magic Fest Austin is gonna be modern, but of course Ricky, you're gonna be going there, but you're not gonna be playing modern. So let's no. let's take a minute here and let's uh for the next few minutes here before we start talking about Theros spoilers, let's start sort of work on this new format of the podcast here let's let's break down first of all, what deck are you planning on playing? For people who have been listening to us, I think it's pretty obvious what you're going to be playing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're definitely going to be playing Monterey Dragons. Those two people are and... going to be <laughs>
1: playing. Let me tell you
2: what. I'm going to be playing. Is it Phoenix? Okay. Um, and, at the event.
0: And so, Chris, you obviously have experience with Monterey with the, Is It Phoenix. I know what the deck's doing, but let's let's sort of deep dive and let's break down. Uh, Ricky wants to know your full 75. We don't want everyone to know that, right? Um, but clearly um, in this in this top 16 here, you know, I think that deck list pilot by Russell Lee had some some change that you don't maybe fully agree with, maybe you're gonna start agreeing with him. I don't know. Let's 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 just start breaking down and walking through what is Is It Phoenix for everyone.
2: I think Is It Phoenix, the like important thing about the deck is that you get to do a lot of really aggressive plays in the mid game, and in the early game you are able to keep back any early advantage of your opponent.
0: So would you say it's a fallacy then? I feel like a lot of people try and umbrella it under an aggro deck. I feel like it's definitely, especially in the early game, more of a tempo style strategy, and then it turns that corner, right?
2: Right. That's what I feel like. The only thing I'm the only thing I'm thinking about right now is like whether or not I want to really main deck Brazen Borrower because that card's been insane in my board. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's worth it, it. Helps out. It helps out really good in early or it helps out real good. It helps out uh, stopping early game plays. Um, just shutting down some stuff that in case I need another shock or something on turn two. But the deck plays, I play six shock effects with four wild slashes and four magmas, or sorry, two magma sprays. Okay. And then three lightning axe also let me interact on turn one. That's nine turn one interaction spells to stop a mana dork.
0: I, yeah, I feel like in this format, especially, like, bolt the bird
1: is a serious thing in, in Pioneer. It is
2: the most important thing. Or
1: bolt the random one mana creature spell your opponent's playing if they're mono red or mono black. Yeah. Yep. Um, I
2: am going to be cutting the magma sprays for uh, Fiery Impulse.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about Fiery Impulse a little bit last week, so why don't you remind us, everyone, want to get what Fiery the, Impulse does.
2: It's a one-mana deal two damage at instant speed to a creature, and if you have Spell Mastery, which is two instant sorceries in your graveyard, you deal three damage instead.
0: And more importantly, it has Chandra artwork on it, right?
2: It does have, a, like... 10-year-old Chandra artwork That's
0: on. why he's playing it.
2: Yeah, that's the reason.
0: Ricky is resident Chandra fangirl? hmm
2: Yep. Um, Ricky is Young Pyromancer. I am Young Pyromancer. That's Immolation true. is the sincerest form of flattery. There you go. So let's, but, let's
0: uh, speak of Young Pyromancer. How do, you, how do you feel about Young Pyromancer versus Thing in the Ice?
2: I run them both. So I run two Young Pyromancer main deck. It lets you attack in a different way. Than you normally get to, and more importantly, if you're going up against like a grindier matchup like Control or like a green black X deck, it allows you to trigger your charter courses to draw two cards instead of draw two discard one, which will just keep you going a little bit longer than they will. Okay. Like, because you can play your young pyromancer with just like an opt up, and then they kill the young pyromancer on their turn, but you opt in response and you get a 1 1 token, and then you can just start attacking for one. Which doesn't do much for their life. It'll it'll help in the long game, but like immediately it turns on raid. And thing in the ice is because it like does so much nothing on the board if it just gets removed. Mm-hmm. It gets sided out a lot against like the black base decks with like fatal push and abrupt decay. Okay. Because you get no value out of it. You just play it, and your opponent plays a removal, and you got nothing out of it. Whereas all of your other threats, you get something out of it, even if your opponent has a removal spell. Like, if your opponent just, re- like, plays a removal spell on your Phoenix, like, it can come back next turn unless they played, like, Vraska's Contempt.
0: Okay. So, Chris, is is there anything sort of Ricky's been saying with that you totally agree with, don't agree with? Like, where where are you following in with his with his, what he's been talking about so
1: far? Yeah, I, I think a couple of big things to, to talk about to kind of follow the conversation or, like, the differences between what, what Ricky and I have been playing and what you've seen a little bit um, in some of the top eights. Like, you know, you used to see fourth thing on the ice everywhere, and now you're pretty much seeing all the lists that are doing pretty successfully, like, in the leagues and in um, classic events, whatever top eight events. Pretty much have cut thing on the ice entirely. Um, again, I think it's a card that... Um, I think the upside's too high for me to cut it, but maybe it's correct, but unfortunately like Ricky said, a lot of times it just kind of dies, right? It costs two, so it gets Fatal Pushed. It's a first target for removal.
2: Um, I might be moving two to the board for the two Brazen Borrowers that are in my board.
1: I I like that play a lot. I think Brazen Borrowers is an insane card. It's another way to just get tempo. uh, Play it on on your opponent's instep and then kind of go from there. A lot of times they're not expecting it. Um, It dodges basic uh, Fatal Push. So uh, people have been cutting it, and I understand why, but you know, you do need to have a, a solid amount of threats because, like, um, your phoenixes come back. But if you didn't, if you kept the hand with uh, fewer phoenixes, you've only got four in the deck. You know, you need another way to uh, to generate card advantage. So, um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that it's a ton better than young pyromancer. That young pyromancer is a ton better, given that again, it's probably just going to die. But hey, you cast it with a couple spells and you managed to get three power on the board. Uh, pretty quickly, well, so even
2: if he just dies, like he'll leave one or two bodies behind. That's the thing about
1: it, right. I'm assuming, assuming that he dies, he still probably gave you anywhere from two to three power in, in the mid game. Right. So um, you know, and again, if you're playing against like kind of a non interactive deck like the Lotus Field, which takes a couple turns, it it definitely gets um, gets attacking a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I understand that part of it. So I think I think those are important uh, important things to understand. And then me and Ricky, neither of us particularly like fiery temper. Um, if you're gonna play the spell mastery one. I think it could be worth considering Fiery Temper because you do a lot of discarding between all of the Is It Charm and other type effects like Lightning Axe effects that make you discard a card. Uh, I, I particularly liked a couple magma Rays because it was really good when you saw more Phoenix. It's really good against decks that are using things of the Graveyard. Your Scrap Heap Scroungers have two toughness. A lot of the Mono Black cards have two toughness. It's really yeah. good at just picking off the thing. So I liked it for that Exile effect, but... Again, I was never super high on, on Fiery Temper. But I think that's worth a consideration if, if you're going to switch to the Spell Mastery one. So, right,
2: it just, like, gifted Aetherborn and a few other, like, important three toughness creatures. Um, just being able to remove them. But I guess, like, things like Steel Leaf Champion it doesn't matter either way.
1: Mm-hmm. Those were like, your white Rabblemaster
2: anyway, so. Rabble Master dies to Shock. Like, Kari Zev. Rabble does dies like, to everything. real, real rough, rough card for me. Because I just have to give it two cards. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Makes it's Three damage a turn, and it's hard to
1: block. Yeah. Do you how how good do you feel about your spot? I mean, we kind of started off seeing quite a bit of Phoenix, and now we're seeing less and less. It still makes some events, but how, uh, how good do I feel about what Uh playing Phoenix?
2: Oh, I feel great about playing Phoenix. Yeah. I've loved the deck. I went to a PDQ. I did all right with it. I got I got got by a somebody playing the uh Soul Flayer deck. Oh yeah, it, yeah. In game three I like stabilized with a eight uh loyalty twins and I was gonna finish him off. He was at 6 mm-hmm. And he uh I had two Pyromancer tokens back to block and he drew Questing Beast and Oof. that happens.
1: Yeah.
2: Um so I don't think that was like I picked the wrong deck. It was just sort of like, well Variance is gonna get you that game. Yeah for sure. And then my other loss was to a NIV mizzet player and I definitely misplayed against them. Gotcha. I, like, just did not... I played a fry targeting a Sorin. I thought he went up to five. I thought he started at four and went up to five.
1: Mm, I see.
2: I wasn't really paying attention to... Like, I don't know. It was just sort of a mental slip on my part. Sure. And then it didn't die, so then his creature had lifelink. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I attacked him and then fried the Sorin. Oh, and gotcha. And the Sorin lived. yeah.
0: So, before we move away from the sort of the main board here, uh, between, like, Chart of Course, Is It Charm, and Strategic Planning, you know which which of those do you think is more important here in the deck?
2: Charter of Course is the most important. Strategic Planning gets sideboarded out a lot um, if you're too slow. It's a slow card. It's very powerful. It gets you really deep into the deck, okay. and it fills your yard, but... It is slow, so in aggressive decks, you take out strategic planning
0: and so you, we mentioned the sideboard here a few times so let's before we wrap this up a bit here um, what 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 is your, like what do you what do you recommend running in your sideboard or what does your sideboard look like right now How, how are you tackling like yeah, some these major players some of these major players in the format right
2: so you really need to play like you need to be able to change out your threats in the sideboard in my opinion it's really important to be able to change your threats out mm-hmm so you, I was, I'm running two Chandra Torch Defiance. Mm-hmm. Smart move, yeah. Currently, two Brazen Borrower, and then two Sphinx's Tutelage.
0: Ooh, that's a that's a spicy one. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: all of these cards let me attack with a threat from a different angle. So, um, like Phoenix, or sorry, Brazen Borrower just being a flash flyer, just a flash threat out of nowhere, mm-hmm. that can be important and it calls also bounce something, and then. Chandra just being this like big planeswalker that you have to deal with or she takes over the game and then of course Sphinx's tutelage is an enchantment that will just threaten to mill out my opponent if they don't do anything about it
0: I mean, yeah. I, I I wouldn't see why you try and board an enchantment removal against this, this deck so <laughs> right. I mean that's, yep. gonna sure is going to yep. catch some people off guard right
2: it constantly does especially control players they bring in like their rest in peace like they're going to bring in the graveyard hate mm-hmm. and you want to make their graveyard hate as blank as possible
1: that's, yeah have you thought of um, all about improbable Alliance?
2: No, it doesn't seem like it does enough for me.
1: It's one of those things where it feels like it could make, it's at minimum making a 1 1 flyer every turn. And, you know, it can definitely be making you two 1 1 flyers. The, I don't have any
2: card that instant speed draws me two cards. Is it Charm Does? Oh, is it Charm Does? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Is it Charm Sure Does? Um, that's but probably that's mostly what one. you do. But, I mean, you could, you could theoretically run the. Um,
2: I think the, the draws draw to discard two. mode. Here we go. Hot take uh-huh. for I don't get one this this go around, but yeah. hot take. Uh, draw two, discard two is the weakest mode on Is it Charm? <laughs>
1: that's the weakest mode, huh?
2: It is a counter target spell unless they pay two. Non creature. Non creature spell. That is the strongest mode on Is it Charm?
1: Yeah, it, it might be. I I think in this deck, I don't think that's the case. I was definitely casting Is it Charm more often for draw two, discard two than I anything have, else.
2: I have countered more spells because like everything that beats you is on turn three. Sure, sure. So, like, if you are on the draw and you have an it Charm in your opener, you are leaving up your two mana. Because you can counter the three fairy, you can counter the Narset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you can't counter, counter like, Ashiok. Rest in
1: Peace or something like that, though. Huh? Rest in Peace is too fast for you.
2: True. But, because a lot of the control decks are playing dig through time, mm-hmm. most of them are trying to play, like,
1: Ashiok as their yard hate. Gotcha. One-sided mm-hmm. effects. Right. Are you gonna play Narset in your board? No. Interesting. I, I like that one mostly because it again it's a it's a stone cold so, killer to other Phoenix decks you might play.
2: The like Mystic Dispute is already a really really good card against any of the blue decks. Very true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got two Mystic Dispute in the gate to help out against the blue matchups. Sure. Um, as well as two Fry, since they beat three Fairy and Narset. Yep. Um, they also kill Lyra, which control decks. Always, oh, I, I'm sorry, control players, <laughs> but you aren't clever for bringing in Lyra.
1: Hey, you leave those control players alone.
2: Like every time they like, they're like Lyra, and they're real excited about it. And I play Fry, and they're like, "You brought in Fry," and it's like, "Yeah, I brought in
1: Fry." what are you are you having PTSD right now? About this man disrespecting your? Uh, I'm a Monarch Devotion player now. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, okay, you converted. Okay. You've converted.
2: I, I mean, like. Or lightning axe. I leave in lightning axe because it beats Lyra. Yeah, and like they're always like. No,
0: I, I, honestly, I don't agree with. I probably, I probably wouldn't even bring in Lyra. Like it seems cute, right? But like I, you, you're already made more than lightning axe stuff like that, and I don't think you have enough spells to really cut like those types of effects. So... Yeah, but that's
1: some like next level thinking. I don't think your average player is, like if they're looking if they're looking for cards to, to bring in, they're probably thinking of ways to like beat you down before you can get Phoenix's back. Like right, sure,
2: but like Lyra in the control deck is not a secret.
1: Yeah, yeah you know what it is a secret? Sphinx is too Sphinx, the totes. All right, so Ricky, um, I
0: mean, it seems like we have a pretty good grasp on the deck. Um, oh yeah. What what is? What are your good? What are your, the matchups you look for, and what are the matchups you sort of dislike?
2: I like the control matchup.
0: Case in point, the uh, Lyra.
2: I like the control matchup, and I like the Groll matchup. That's what I'm looking for.
0: So we're not going to talk about Groll again. We're done.
2: <laughs> um. I think that, like, my bad matchups are, like, the green-black counters deck. Okay. Mostly just because they get, like, in game two, they get, like, the thought seizes, they get, um, abrupt decays, they get assassin's trophies, they can be really problematic. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or green-black X decks, so people are still running out, like, Abzan and stuff like that. Sure. I mean, Siege Rhino's not that great, but, like... I'll just lose to Abzan stuff. Like, if you just get, like, those early thought seizes into, like, the efficient removal on my guys, I'm Mm -hmm. in a rough spot. But, uh, blue-white control and Grawl aggro, that's what I'm looking to play against. I am ready to stop any mana dork. Um, Yeah, very well I like the mono-black matchup, the aggro deck, pretty fine. Okay. I've seen some, like, mid range Gary builds that are a little rougher. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, essentially, I want to hit Grawl and control all day. Sure. So, do
0: you have any other sort of big points you want to end on, or I, I kind of want to, when we're wrapping this up, I want like a a quick, what is your elevator pitch to everyone to go play this deck?
2: Um, it is a lot of fun. You will never feel like you are drawing dead. Like you have a line that gets you out of there. And treasure cruise is just really, really powerful, yeah, and you should this, cast that, it as like much the as you can.
1: Only deck that can really take full advantage of it right now, and like it does so very, very nicely. Oh
2: my gosh, treasure cruise! And your opponent's face when you draw treasure cruise off the top—it's just like—it's
1: a new level of sadness.
2: Like, let me tell you, like when your opponent has you down, like they've got like finally resolved a creature, and you're out of cards, and you just draw it, and you start picking up your graveyard, and they're just like, <sighs> Three more cards, and then you draw three lands, and you play a land. And you go, go.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Got him.
2: Yeah, I go. think the deck's really good. Um, for the meta, I don't even know what the meta is gonna be like. I haven't played enough big events in Texas yet.
1: Well, I'll be analyzed like what's what's going on to see like what you sideboard for. Uh, you know, again, like counters might be there. I, I think your only downside is like the lot with troll kind of version. Again, I, I did not have trouble with the counters deck previously, but you know thing on the ice does a lot of work you, could, you can get on the board pretty quick while answering their threats right and your threats come back a lot of the time so right
2: um the big problem with like the counters deck is like if they get like two doubling effects in play winding constrictor is hard for me to re- remove for sure like just hanger back walker could be just such a pain mm-hmm. yeah very true Very true
0: all right ricky well thank you for that uh very in-depth analysis and hopefully you guys you listeners out there enjoyed that and it's sort of the the form we're going to try going with forward here and if you guys if you listeners have any sort of uh thoughts or ideas or decks you want to see us talk about or tackle we'd be glad to see, sort of hear them i know there's some people i've been talking with on twitter about uh multicolor strategies like the three-color variety that's something we could look at in the future and uh so we're going to try and take a mix of established decks decks that are up and coming in league results or even sort of theory craft some decks for you guys, or even just to pick a card and build around it, right? So yeah. speaking of cards to build around, let's take a look at the last few days of Theros spoilers. I know there's one I definitely want to talk about, so I hope you guys don't mind if I if I go ahead and take the first pick here. Go sure. for it. Uh, because this is actually probably the card I'm most excited about overall in the whole set. In Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath, for one blue uh, and green, a green, we have an Elder Giant, a six six Elder Giant which, you know, that's a pretty good rate, right, for one how le- how blue and a green? How legendary is this card, Ruckman? Uh It is, well, it's a titan, for sure. Mm-hmm. It is a legendary Elder Giant.
1: So it's a regular legendary level. It sounds good.
0: Yes. Uh, but, you know, one blue and a green for a 6-6, six, six, that sounds like a pretty good rate, right? It does sound uh, sounds However, stupid. when it enters it the like battlefield, you do have to sacrifice it unless it's escaped.
1: Oh, okay. Now, oh, no.
0: However, it escapes only for green, green, blue, blue, and exile five other cards.
1: Well, that's only four mana, Ruckman.
0: Yeah, but what happens, you know, uh, that first time you cast it, because guess what, it does enter the battlefield trigger when you first cast it, even,
2: well, what is that uh, do? because when me it me. enters
0: the battlefield, or it attacks, you gain three life, and draw a card, we're not done there though, because it also, you can put a land card from your hand on the battlefield, so for three mana guys, right, you play it, you sack it, but then you gain three life, you draw a card, and you can, our bro agrees to put a land into play, right? And it's then like thing say,
1: for every mana you paid for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then a few turns later when you can finally escape it, well, now you've got a 6-6. Six, six, you get that effect again. And every time it attacks, it just keeps on going. And because it's escaping, you know, unless they can exile it, you're going to... Five cards is a pretty good size to be able to keep sort of recurring, right? hmm So I definitely want to see this. I was talking to Chris and Ricky earlier, and i definitely, like, mess around with maybe some uh, Santa Wayfinder strategies. Maybe we'll splash black for some Grizzly Salvages. Maybe like a Moldrowth of the Grave Tide, sort of um, give you some extra leverage with your graveyard there. But I think this card opens up a lot of avenues. I think it's very I finally powerful. Have a
2: reason to actually play Blue and Dredgeless Dredge. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I finally get that Dredgeless Dredge like script done in and sent in, and then they print this.
1: Yeah, here's your, like, here's. This is a fine sorcery. That's the thing to think about it, right? It's like th- this is a perfectly acceptable sorcery card. Like if you just if this card was just. It's three mana. You gain three life. You draw a card, and you put a land from your hand on the battlefield. That'd be like okay. You like people would yeah. play that card to some extent, you know.
2: And it's honestly, like, like when you I was play first gross spiral one... for one more to gain three life,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah,
2: And
0: honestly, like when I first looked at this, I I will be honest, I didn't even think about how when it enters the battlefield for that first time, and you have to sack it. Right? Mm-hmm. You're still going to get that trigger, right. which makes so. even like multiples of this card. It's still it's still valuable to play. Like I mean. You probably, you know, it's a a legendary that you could easily play four of because you're just going to get value of an entering to begin with, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an old combo with uh, Crypt Champion and uh, Saffy Eric's Daughter that gets you infinite comes into play abilities. Yeah. it kind of reminds me of, like, some things you can do here, where it's like, here, like, I don't know exactly what you would do. It probably involves black, let's sacrifice a thing. But an interesting thing to note is, because it triggers when it comes into play, you still have a window to sacrifice this card to something else. So like, if you wanted to combo this with something that said "Sacred Creature," do X, of the old you gods. still could? Yeah, you still could. You could absolutely do that. We could put it in the oven. Yep. We could. We could put it in the, and it
0: in the oven and get two foods.
1: That's right. Yeah, is there still room for the Titan if the cat's in there already? Yeah, there's always room in the oven. Okay, gotcha. There's it's a witch's, oh, it's yeah, a witch's oven. Oh yeah, you get two
2: foods for it because it's a six-six. <laughs> oh, sure.
1: Wow. Wow, wow, yeah, we're we're gaining lots of life. I think that's pretty cute there because uh you know what I'm saying, you're not dying anytime soon, right? This like, card was supposed to play with Oko. Was it? I don't know. I don't see why you necessarily want it to. No, like I, it was. It
2: was yeah. it was in the next <laughs> set right after Oko. Look. the Oko
0: man, could you imagine this and Oko? I mean they're they're fil- they're both taking three slots.
1: Yeah, who cares?
0: Yeah, exactly, right? You don't even care this well, is. No, an then hold
1: elk? on, hold on, hold on. With your Goose and your Mana Dork, this comes out turn two and then, like, Oko turn three or something. Oh, like sure. You know You're, right. You're yeah, right. You yeah, got it. Yeah, you yeah, got it. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, This card's insane, and uh, let me go check. I don't think it's still... I think it's not even pre ordering for the most right now in this set. I think it's still Oh, behind. I think it is.
1: <laughs> is it now? Because it's like 20 bucks in, or something like that, I for sure. Earlier today, it's still behind Heliod. Shoes. I mean, like, yes, what, let's Let's see what Mr. Saffron Olive has to say. Uh,
0: yeah, Saffron well. Olive... Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's twenty bucks right now. Twenty bucks. What's it's, what was more expensive? A Heliod's twenty four right now. Honestly, at twenty mm. bucks, it's pretty close to maybe picking up. I might wait till release see if it drops down to like fifteen. Mm-hmm. But at twenty bucks, it's pretty close to picking up, right? Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's certainly a strong card.
2: I don't think it gets much cheaper.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, like
2: it. Once it release, gets fan
0: on release, <laughs> it might dip to like $15, $16, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen range, right? But at you know. For the time being, I think twenty bucks is a good pickup price. So if you're eyeing this card like I am, I think it might be worth the pre-order a few copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's my real pick today. I mean, there's definitely some other cards to talk about here. We can pick a few cards here. I know Ricky's got to go a little early today. Uh, so guys, do you
1: have another pick you want to talk about? Yeah, I've got a whole I've got a whole thing on our our new enchantment pod thing. So Ricky, if you've got one, or I can go first. I you. really
2: like. I don't really like the card. I, I I'm talking about it because I I hate it. Okay. Arasta of the endless web is Everything I don't want in the magic card to exist. It is a hoser of just the like greatest kind, and thank God for lightning axe, or else I would be like done playing uh Arc <laughs> oh, yeah, Phoenix that forever.
1: That got that got a lot of friends right there. Mm-hmm.
2: It is a 4 mana, green, green, and 2 for a 3-5 legendary enchantment spider. It's a spooder. With reach. I don't like this artwork. And, yeah, I don't like a lot of this. The color.
0: artwork reminds me of you guys remember that early 2000s remake of Lost in Space?
2: With the Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, create a 1-2 green spider creature token with reach. And now, I've seen a lot of effects in green that punish blue cards for playing on your turn. But this just says any time they cast an instant or sorcery spell. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you want to remove this, they're going to get a spider no matter what. And if you are the unfortunate soul who has to try and, like, fiery temper plus shock this thing, then they have toughness worth of reach and two power on two bodies to just either slow down your phoenixes or trade with one phoenix and the other one lives. Yeah, you double block there. Right. For sure. Like it is just going to be so annoying. And God help you, if you have to dig for a response to this or an answer <laughs> to this card. Yeah. God, I don't like this. Thank God it's legendary, so my opponent can't stack them. Oh, I think this goodness. is gonna see play in Pioneer. If Phoenix stays relevant, this card will be relevant.
1: Oh yeah, it's at least a sideboard card, right?
2: Yep, at the very least.
1: Yeah, it could definitely be main deckable. The card, the card. Now that you bring it to my attention, is like definitely seems very strong. I mean, like I said, even just answering it, like four for a three-five reach is like you know a fine draft common. But the fact that it's going to leap back like one or multiple things is is definitely. And like, if definitely I have safe. a young
2: Pyromancer in play, her tokens are strictly better than my young Pyromancer tokens. Right. So, I, like, you can't race this with, like, anything else. Like, it's just going to overwhelm you.
1: Definitely demands an answer.
2: So that was a card I wanted to talk about how much I hate it. <laughs>
0: All right, Chris, do you want to you start your rant here now?
1: Uh, rant incoming. Rant incoming here about this this hot drop from today, January the 7th. Uh, we got a little friend called Enigmatic Incarnation. Uh, quick spoiler on it. It's a, it's a new birthing pod. Uh, it's definitely worse. Uh, the breakdown is it costs two colorless, a green and a blue. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another enchantment. If you do, search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice enchantment's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and then shelf your library. So not to your hand, straight to the field. Uh, me and Ruckman were talking about this before the show got started uh, a little bit, and I definitely had... You know, opened up a notepad immediately and started getting to work on on some things you can do. This is just the first things that I thought of. Um, they are similar to what Vanafar Pod does. I wasn't even thinking about that deck at first until Ruckman brought it up. I think if there's a reason to potentially play this over it's that enchantments, especially in Pioneer, are harder to remove than creatures. Uh, but you can do things with Renegade Renegade Rallyer here, right? We're like we're playing this on turn four, sacrifice it to go get Renegade Rallyer, get our two back. Mm-hmm. Uh, The first thing that came to my mind was Nyx Fleece Ram, but uh, I'm just going to go down a list of two mana enchantments real quick that I found that would just be insane gets with Renegade Rallier, uh, or at least average gets. One I found that I had not thought of was Nylea's Presence, which is an enchant land, so pretty easy to have a land on the battlefield. When it comes into play, you draw a card, and then it makes your basic land card a um, city of brass that doesn't cost you uh, a life it just sure. makes your land tap for a color that's just an easy way to to cycle and draw cards it's an easy way on on turn four to get a three two body so that you're not just getting beat down by turn two five fives uh as hard and again you're you're keeping up in um, card advantage the ordeals are pretty insane ruckman knew from memory what they did but the bant ones which is what i was assuming we're playing since we're throwing at some renegade rallier the green one ramps you to basics if it if it dies the blue one draws you two cards, and the white one gains you ten life. So I'll, I'll let you in on why Is I know it those. do interpreted like memory.
2: that. I thought you had to get three counters on the creature. No, it,
1: well, when it's you when sacrifice you sacrifice the enchantment, or when it, when it dies.
0: Yeah, because it's yep. when um, when they have three counters, you sacrifice it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so it's when you l- sacrifice it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just when you sacrifice Ordeal of Heliad. Wait, hold on. Let me. Let me. So you, can me. you can double check me. You could double check me. No, it is. It is a separate sacrifice trigger. So yep. we are good there. It doesn't. It's yep. not the uh, the master Girl like we were talking about earlier. Yep. It is a separate trigger. So as long as you sacrifice Ordeal of Heliad yep. or sacrifice any of the Ordeals, it works. You get the same. And and so I like, also know what they do for memory because I played
1: a lot of Blue white Heroic. Yeah, so. fair enough. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I played uh, a lot of Theros Draft. R- <laughs> ramping, <laughs>
1: ramping two basics is pretty insane considering you could, you know, assuming that we've, like, played that card out already, you get a 3-2 body with it. Uh, a drawing two cards could also be insane. You know what I'm saying? The ramp's probably more relevant, so we can get just, like, some of our bigger, more degenerate things, but um, either drawing two cards or or getting two basic land cards into play, like, it, it straight up ramps you is, is pretty insane. Other things that are not as exciting was a Search for scanner. Uh, just because like, you initially want to get rid of it, but it's a card you, you might be playing anyway as an enchantment if we're going with other enchantment synergy effects. That would be fine to sacrifice and then get back, right? Like it was there, you were probably playing it anyway, we could get a Again Rally or get it, go get something else that costs three. Um, Suspension Field, which is kind of like a, a Journey to Nowhere type effect. And then Trail of Crumbs was another one I found at 2 oh so that, you're, that you're, at 2
2: hard. you're going to go get Renegade Rallyer. exactly yeah. right and then yeah. immediately
1: get back the 2 that you sacrificed uh-huh. right exactly right exactly right so again like let's say like the big thing you could do there is like you could get uh, like let's say you wanted to get your Ordeal of Thassa right we're drawing two cards next turn you could you could play more stuff because this just does it on its own with no mana cost and then draw two more cards because your Renegade Rallyer got back your Ordeal of Thassa and, and go. So they do have interactions or they do have moments to interact with these things, but again, I can dream. You know? I can dream. Yeah,
0: the the only I think weak downside of this card is it is at the beginning of your end step.
1: hmm um, I think it's I think that's great because that's you great get it on the turn it comes into play. You play it. Yeah.
0: But I don't think that works your renegade rallyer though. Does it not?
1: When does Renegade Rally trigger?
0: Uh, oh, it's so when it enters the battlefield. Okay, yeah. no worries. If it Sorry. enters the
1: battlefield, if you... What's what's the died mechanic? What was that card called the game? Uh, Revolt? Revolt? Revolts. Yeah, it, it revolts. Yeah, yeah. So so you get to do that kind of combo in there, and this thing costs one sure. less. It okay. doesn't require... It, it, it does it immediately, right? Like, Vanifar... I th- doesn't Vanifar cost five or six? It's four. It costs four. It costs four. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but this gets to do with the turn it comes into play. So, um, you know, getting it on your instep, uh, if you got it at the beginning of the turn, you can attack with it anyway. So, like, getting it to do it the turn it comes into play is just, like, an, an extra sweetness. And, again, this is just the first on this cards. This card may or may not be competitive, but it's super, in my opinion, exciting. We're about to get a bunch of enchantments and enchantment creatures, and I can't even go through them all. Um, but good enchantment creatures that, like, are cards you could play anyway that would satisfy your enchantment um, part of the spell, to, like, sacrifice an enchantment to go get a creature. Course of Crufix is a pretty obvious one. Um, Chromanticore? Just a stupid one, but has a lot of abilities and is something that you could go get to just keep going up the chain. Like, you've got an insane creature that could attack and then, boom, go get a six, because obviously there's insane six creatures. The creature you sacrifice must be an enchantment. The creature you get must be a... or Sorry, the card you get must be a creature. Um, those are the qualifications, but obviously if you've got an enchantment creature, it can do both. Crystal and Nautilus is a card that I find. I a lot of Rhetoric? Or Rhetoric? Mm-hmm. Is, a, is another really good one I thought of. It's a 1 4, which means it can block. Um, and then also, again, like here, you're trying to chain up the pod, not letting your opponent do a bunch of things, either by just um, tutoring up some silver bullets to stop Is It Phoenix, or just having, you, having it as a good card to stop him from casting. Have you thought about, like, the
0: Blossoms? If we're going to be playing a bunch of enchantments, right? Like, that's a 4.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I there are a lot of great um, enchantments in enchantment creatures that I did not bring up on this list, I was just bringing up some outside ones because, again, we're about to get a million of them. So, like, yeah. you could pair this with your favorite enchantment creature if you wanted to, or creatures that you're going to play incidentally, and then again, just play it, like, on the on your higher end creatures. They don't need to be enchantments also. They could just be whatever big creatures you want to get, because at that point, you're probably not sacrificing those. So, whatever your top of the chain is, whatever your favorite creature is you want to go get, that just needs to be a creature. You just, at the lower end, you want to have things like Curse of Crufix. There's a new Curse of Crufix in this set that you could play alongside of it to sacrifice to go get fours. Whatever this uh, three-mana two-four is, it lets you play an extra land on your turns. Sure. That's another card that I think is going to slot right into this deck to let you, you know, chain up to four as you want to or do whatever you want. But I think you want to have, like, two enchantments that cost, like, two, three, four. Um, maybe a Cremanicor at five or maybe something else at five. And then, again, have, like, a six-drop that's just a creature that you want to go get.
0: Fair enough. I think it's a good pick. Definitely building on our, our talk of...
1: Enchantments last week, right? I mean, you're really high on cards like. Sphere yeah, safety, I, I, the huge thing about this is like kind of we talking about is like Pod the Vanifar deck. I don't know how many how many ways do you have to tutor Vanifar. I guess you have like uh, Traverse the Even World if you really wanted to.
0: Yeah, with uh, there's like Court of Calling without Court of Calling. It, it yeah. was it was really relying on Once Upon a Time to yeah. help find that Vanifar, right?
1: Yeah, Court of Calling is a pretty hot one. I, I think that. um... Idyllic Tutor is a little bit of a step down because it just gets it to your hand and then you have to play it. But, again, if you played something on 2, Idyllic Tutor on 3, play this on turn 4, boom, you've got a Renegade Rallyer ready to pop out and do its thing. So, I mean, that's... I think there's definitely some potential here. I mean, I know people are going to find way better things than I just found, but my initial excitement there to get you guys thinking about it is, think of, I think, enchantments you could play or enchantment creatures you want to play, incidentally, and then start thinking of how crazy do you want to get? What creatures do you want to play to just start winning the game?
2: I think that ricks the sudden storm is a pretty cool magic card yeah cool. i don't know exactly how viable this guy is but like people play Avison. sure and i don't think Avison is that great and this guy is a five mana four five flash flyer so he's one bigger than Avison. and he says spells you cast with converted mana cost five or greater cost one less to cast and can't be countered hmm. and we're going
0: big I mean, we're going big. I mean, we talked about it like, a little bit Civic ago. Like, mean, Ramp
2: is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I... Already. It, especially, I mean, look, Uro is going to ramp you hard into that. And then what? what it's, what's an immediate follow-up for the next turn? I mean, Cura Best the Sea God. I mean, that's another really strong Cura card. Cura Best the
2: Sea God is definitely a card I like a lot. This is more standard, but, like, in Pioneer, like, Thrix into just, like, World Worldrender Or World Render? Mm, World Breaker. World Breaker. Sure. Like, Uncounterable World Breaker next turn. Or just, like, a really big Sphinx's Rev that can't be countered. Sure. On your opponent's turn. Like, I think this card is really cool.
0: It's really interesting for the control X too. I mean, you bring up Sphinx's Rev, like, you, you can. it makes your Elspeth's Champion uncountable. It makes your Teferi Hero Dominarian uncountable. Yep. For the mirror.
2: Yep. And cost one less. Mm-hmm. That means you could, like, Teferi for, like, three extra lands untapped or four extra lands untapped.
0: Yeah, like... I know another another card speaking of the control decks. I was definitely enjoying. I feel like spoilers. So sort of <coughs> a, a final pour out for my control playing homies. Um, friendship with the control ended. I'm gonna I'm a monogreen devotion player now. Uh, Whirlwind denial, I think, is a very fun design, very interesting design. Um, I like that
2: it counters abilities.
0: I that's that's the big thing for me is oh. I think black yeah. control is going to kind of start dropping off a bit if that monogreen ramp deck keeps becoming big because, like, you can counter the ability, but. You have to pick, are you counting the Ulamar, or are you counting one of the abilities, right? I these these Eldrazi with their big cast triggers. Like you have to pick one or the other, but this just takes care of both of those options.
2: It also, fun fact, uh, if your opponent casts like a big walking ballista, you can cast Whirlwind Denial to counter the walking ballista and counter the Sanctum of Ugin that they just sacked. Yeah. So they don't get this to card they don't get to tutor.
0: Card does a lot for only two in a single blue, right? Um, so it's pretty splashable even.
2: Mm hmm. I like this card. I think it'll be good in the control decks. It'll do things that control decks want it to do. Um, it uh, does it counter the cast trigger of Cascade? Not that that's in our format, but it does do it that. They would. Right? I mean, it's an ability. Yeah. Or you can wait, let them Cascade and counter both of the spells. Yeah. <laughs> it can uh, it counters uh, of course the Hydroid Crisis and Hydroid Crisis ability. Crisis,
1: yeah, both halves.
2: It counters Escape, which is I think anything can counter-escape because it casts the spell, right? Yes. Oh,
1: hold on, I did okay. that.
0: You, you cast for the escape cost. Right. Yeah, you may cast this card for him, yeah.
2: Um, it also just lets you just stop your opponent from fabled uh, passaging, <laughs> uh, which is definitely the funniest way to do anything. Yeah.
0: Is three mana Stifle worth it?
2: I mean, that's not Probably. why you're playing the card. Probably. But, like, it's going to come up. Like, you can play this in, like, the blue-green ramp deck, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah
2: in your board and Mm -hmm. like you bring it in against like a control deck and you played like goose turn one turn two you've got nothing and your opponent just goes like turn two fabled passage second and you're just like i guess getcha
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i think there's there's still a lot of fun cards to talk about here and i mean we're gonna probably have some more to talk about next week uh, but is there any, any other last cards you guys want to talk about real fast before we move into Hot Takes?
2: The only last one I could think about talking about for Pioneer...
0: I think Crocs yeah. is kind of close. I, I think... mean, we've already seen some of the, uh, the black-red decklist, right, with Coligan's Command and those types of effects. I think it's close to being playable.
2: I think Eidolon of Obstruction... That's a good pick. ...is a card we needed ages ago, and it's not strong enough of a hoser. I think it should be Loyalty Abilities of Planeswalkers and planeswalker spells your opponent control cost one more.
0: I mean look, they don't have Oko anymore. They need a little bit of help still.
2: No, like three fairy can go die. Wow. You want to print something that like does something I just would like walkers.
1: to say planeswalker hatred is not is not something we support at Crew 3 podcast. That's that's we support true. here.
2: Was it fairy can go tuck himself? I think that's sure. the proper nomenclature. That that is the proper nomenclature. That's yes. acceptable. This is uh, this is not enough planeswalker hate.
0: The like, art also hurts my brain.
2: What? The art?
0: Yeah. Um, the Nick stuff is a lot more flowy in Galaxy than we're used to.
2: Yeah. Um, he's just like a yeah. ghost man. He's a spirit. Yeah. You can play That's him in your Bant Spirits deck. Oh, he's
1: a spirit. Oh, he he, is he spirit. first strikes. He, he first is strikes.
2: also not symmetrical. That is also very true. So don't... you could
0: play your own Three Fairy. So
2: you could play your own Three Fairy and activate it yeah. just fine.
0: Laugh at your opponent.
2: And then uh, for flavor, I want to talk about Trinica because uh, she makes anybody a gideon. Trinica,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, she does. She's and good to play with token making strategies. You know,
2: that's adorable. <laughs> I, I just love that she makes anybody a, a gideon. Um, another that's weird effect. Th- that so effect
1: def- is in Hearthstone, and it's like been very, very strong. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like you you probably make more tokens in Hearthstone than you do in Magic. But like, you definitely like when you want to focus on it, like making just random one ones four fours. I mean, on on a already three three body is is not nothing, you know.
0: Another another effect I want to see if we can do something with is definitely Dryad of the Ilsean, which just lets one? you play. It's a two. It's the three mana two four. That lets you play an additional land each year. Oh teams. yeah, the one I was talking and about. And then yeah, your lands that. are every basic type. Like there's got to be something we can do with this, right?
2: Um, I don't know what it is, yet, but score. there's something. The problem is. Cabal Stronghold specifically says for every basic, basic swamp sure. you control. So, my question is if I have a mountain in play uh-huh. and this guy and two other swamps, how much mana does my Cabal make?
1: Uh, well, I don't three. think this makes them swamps, right? It just... Oh, so, it does say lands you control Art have every basic land. So the
2: thing is, like, the mountain is a basic land yes. and it mm-hmm. is a swamp.
0: Yes, it won't change the super type of being a basic or it shouldn't. Obviously, you know, as a judge I must uh, clarify that until all the rulings come out mm-hmm. in the week of pre-release, right? Uh, nothing I say is actually in effect or okay. actually matters So we can't right hold now. you to this. Like, we can't you go can't, hire yeah, a lawyer no, no, no. right now. You, yeah, no, no, no. This
1: is, okay. is unactionable okay. in court. Right, I, you I heard that, listeners. Free. Put your, put your uh, dockets, get your phone, put your phones away, quit calling your lawyers. Um,
0: but it doesn't change the super type, so as long as the basic land, as long as it was a basic land at one point, right, it would be a basic land, mountain, swamp, whatever.
2: Nice. And then my last note for these spoilers is that uh discordant piper has the best flavor text on the stupidest card.
1: <laughs> Hold on, let me find it.
2: Wait, never mind, they changed it. I thought never mind, it got translated away. Never mind. Ah. Translated what was the away.
0: what was the mistranslation? Cuz
2: it says la fête est finie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was the party's over. I thought his flavor text was party's over. <laughs> and I was like, why would you put party's over on a two-one-for-two two that makes a zero-one,
1: it's the death of the party.
2: The death of the party. Okay, mm-hmm. that's lame. Never mind. I hate this card now.
1: Okay. <laughs> Update. Discord and Piper's on the sell list. Yeah, it's on a no-buy. No we've 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 taken our our, our stock status of Discord and Piper from buy to sell.
2: I, I I thought I read French well enough that I thought it was a good flavor text.
1: How many years of French did you take in high school, Ricky?
2: I took three and a half years of French in high school and one year, wow. one semester of French at Texas Tech University. Well, oh. there you go. Didn't pay off. It's all we No, could say. not at all.
1: Didn't help you read magic cards. Nope. So, well, then what is it Look, good for? Uh, you can't read magic cards. As someone, cards in as French someone who
0: graduated from Texas Tech University, it's uh, not that high quality of education, to be honest.
1: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. The, the hot takes. Is that your hot take for tonight? That is not my hot take. I oh, would man, vote okay. for that hot take. <laughs> yeah. i would <about> gonna say <laughs> that's probably that's probably a better hot take than whatever we're gonna we're gonna have here. Uh wow, alright. That's so
0: there's so much confidence you have in our abilities. So speaking of that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's Now let's go, <laughs> let's go to hot let's go to hot takes. Right, Luckily do Ricky doesn't have to go to the alleyway this week because he's not he's not contending. So he Ricky's gets to judge. he gets to sleep on the bed this week. That's right. Yeah. Um we he this have to go hand handling. Uh so however of course it is me and Kristen Thunderdome. Ricky's our judge. Uh, so we're going to have 60 seconds, or thereabouts. Obviously, we're pretty loose on those 60 seconds, but I'm going to time myself.
1: Nobody's, yeah, nobody's nobody's really holding us to that 60 seconds. It's, I'm just it, going to tell a, you it's
0: a, it's a loose 60 seconds, uh, so please don't add us. Or do, you know, we want that, that fan interaction. We would want we you want to
1: want... add us. Please add us. Please talk to us. Yeah, please, please talk to us. Please talk uh, to
0: us. Because I haven't shown us already. Uh, we are at Crew3Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're more than likely to reply to you on Twitter, or at least I am more than likely to reply to you on Twitter. I'm trying Sweet. to keep up the Instagram, but we're more Twitter people than Graham people, as we're, Chris we're, said last week. We're
1: tweeters, yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, so please follow us, tweet us out uh, at Crew Three Podcast. Uh, so let's get started. Let's so it's me day. and Chris, mm-hmm. uh, Chris as Le Champion. I guess you have uh, champion rights on. Do you want to go first, or do you yeah, want I want to go second?
1: first because I don't want you to steal this one. Okay, um, and I don't know. This this is going to be hotter than it is accurate, alright? Just going to I'm just going okay. to give I'm just going to give hot it up takes now. I know not I shouldn't. Takes. Yeah, I am just going to give myself up at, at here. And I know that's not, not Ricky prefers. I don't know. I don't know if Ricky's really a more of a hotter and accurate guy. Just give us the forget. take. All right. Hold on, hold on. Let me start this loose timer. Ready? All right, yeah, starting. I'm ready. There you go. All right. Theros Beyond Death is going to do more for Pioneer than whatever this last set we just had is. What's so the set called? Throne of Eldraine? Throne of Eldraine. Sorry. Uh, I'm really high right now. I'm not really high at all. Uh, it's going to do more for Pioneer than Throne of Eldraine. Uh, we got two cards banned out of Throne of Eldraine. But I think the cards in this set are powerful enough to make an impact without so be, like being so overpowered they're going to get banned. But you've got contributors to like a lot of major strategies. You've got contributors to aggro decks. You've got contributors to like, whole new... Um, decks coming out with enchantment stuff. You've got some control contributors out here. Um, you've got a lot of cards that do a lot of kinds of things in the initial spoilers. And I think that this is going to see more cards placed into Pioneer than uh, whatever we just said. Throne of Eldraine is going to. And that, that in a nutshell, is my hot take for this week.
0: Hey, that was just at 60 seconds about. Oh. Boom.
1: Do I get it? Ricky, do I get extra points for that?
2: No. Dang it. I'm currently, I'm out of fingers. I'm counting all the Eldraine cards that see play in Pioneer.
1: Mmm. Okay. Well, don't count that as much as you're going to count the cards from Theros that are going to see play in Pioneer. Ricky. Save some room on them fingers and toes. Okay. We got Phoenixes. We got Titans. All right, Ruckman. We got that random got? guy that comes back.
0: All right. So my hot take, I think, is, is, is a cursory tale here. Let me start my timer. My hot take is a bit of a cursory tale. Uh, I think we're seeing right now, we, we talk a bit about price. I don't, you know, I never want us to really focus on price, the format. Mm-hmm. But for for people trying to come in, I know this is being, we're sort of a re-entry point for a lot of people in Magic. Uh, I think price is very good right now. And I think that if you guys are on the fence about buying in, now is the time. I think it's pretty easy to see that uh, unless things really change with uh, with Theros, with Helion, stuff like that, I think a lot of buy-ins are safe at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you go to MG Goldfish's price tracker i think we're seeing a lot of movement in cards uh a little bit with standard as well because there's a lot of crossover with the thermal drain cards that chris doesn't believe he's played with things like Brazen brazenbauer great henge Gut like uh, there's a <laughs> lot of thermal drain cards that are seeing play but yeah. i think you're seeing we're seeing a lot of shifts in cards starting to be driven solely an increase in price by uh by pioneer and i think that i don't think prices are going to hit modern levels for a little while right but mm-hmm. I think if you're not buying in now or going to be buying within the next month or so, there'll be a lot of FOMO, and I think prices are just sort of start getting a little bit out of range for some of these more uh, reasonable strategies. For right now, we're seeing a lot of high end strategies for under $100 or for under $500, which I think is a great
1: price point. And that is my that is my take. We've got Axe of Agonis. We've got uh, we've got the walking ballista combo that's going to come out with this set with Heliod.
0: Hey, you, you stop pushing for your own hot take. We're, I'm, just saying, lot, I'm
1: just saying this. there's a lot of cards here. I'm just saying that the spoilers are just beginning, and there's a lot of cards here already spoiled. Spoilers I'm are just beginning. That are making combos. We have,
2: we have well over half of the set spoiled. Full spoilers out on Friday.
1: It's not out yet. Alright, okay. so
2: Chris is just objectively wrong. <laughs> However. <laughs>
1: What what are, you, what are you betting on that? that are, those are some I'm bold ready words. for
0: Ricky to upset us in Revenge for last week and just come that's up right. with
1: his own hot take. That's exactly right, and winner. that's the winner. How, I would like that. However, That's however, the hottest take. That would be the hottest take. However.
2: Right I think the prices have already gone up, and I think the biggest window to get in was definitely back, like, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I'll um, agree with you on that. I'm just so saying,
0: like, like, that window the window's closing, The right? window is
2: closing. Every day, the prices go. Every day, we grow further from God. Um, so, you know.
0: <laughs> but I do say, like, if you go look at prices, there's still, like, a lot of the Mage decks are under going $500 Because still. you
2: know why? Because all the modern prices are going down. Because nobody likes modern. Because modern right. sucks. Anyways. Um, Chris, you're objectively wrong, but your take is much hotter. So I'll give it to Chris. Yes! Uh...
1: Ugh... <laughs> Back-to-back champions over here through the blessing of my BFF, Ricky Lin, here.
2: I mean, he is wrong. Like, there's definitely, like, ten cards that definitely influenced Pioneer from Eldraine. Cough cough. Embercleave,
0: Cough cough. Yes,
2: Embercleave, yes. A lot of
1: cards. My argument is not that Throne of Eldraine did not have cards that impacted. That was not my argument. My argument was that Theros will have more. I don't know if it's all 100% right. true. That's why it's a hot take. But yeah, there's a lot I of cards I counted like six
2: cards that will probably see some sort of impact on the format. So he's wrong technically right now. But like, yeah, we haven't seen the blue intervention yet. Which maybe we All right,
0: could. take your dang
1: podium. The yeah. take is hot. All, all right. right.
2: What do you want to talk about?
1: I'm just going to go for some more cards that, that might be that might to play here. First of all, we have we have some air folk in this set. Oh, my god. Uh, that that are relevant i right? bamboozled <laughs> Chris is That's just so... gonna
2: try to sell more awful Theros cards Chill, <laughs> chill, chill, gonna sell shill, Chris more shill, shill. Chris I'm how many boxes have you already pre-ordered
1: I'm not legally I'm not
0: legally allowed to disclose that are you opening that. a game store and are you doing a mass box opening shill
2: shill 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 what are we shill. supposed to
1: put on our YouTube channel guys I need you okay. guys to be with me here right oh now. Okay, my we, we've got some hot YouTube content. Yeah, about yeah. If you, guys, if you guys want to follow, you guys are just uh, uh, all over her if you guys
0: want to also follow a blank YouTube channel, we do have Crew Three podcast at, hey, on
1: YouTube. Somebody is putting together a rig to get us some sweet, sweet b-roll footage and regular footage. Oh my Excel, god! Did so. you
2: buy a camera rig?
1: Yes, I is did. Is it a body rig? No, it's not a body rig. Okay. It's got to be handled. It's it's got to point both directions, which is okay, why we okay. just have a gimbal setup going. So, all right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, alright, Let's let's run through what are your cards. So just just some cards that that are potentially able to see play. Right. Uh, Drag to the Underworld, double black removal spell. It doesn't have a restriction on what it kills. It just kills any creature, and it's four, but it minus x's for the cost, uh, equal to the Erosion of black. So it's going to cost double black most of the time just to destroy target creature. Grasp of Darkness sees play this card will see play.
2: I feel like if I stomp on his dreams, it, like, (laughs) is against the, like, what he's earned from the hot takes, so I'm just gonna stay quiet.
1: Thank you so much. All right. Banishing Light, getting a reprint. If Banishing Light sees play... We're counting it, okay? That's all that I'm the saying. The
0: Light's already no, Doesn't no, no. matter. It's no, been no, no, no. reprinted
1: in Theros. This let, is my let podium. The man talk, you be quiet. He earned okay. it. You be quiet.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That... The speaker's not recognized the man from Houston, Texas, that's, I get it. That's,
1: that's right. That's right. We've got our Heliod. We've got that three mana 3 3 that's got vigilance and a million abilities that does things, right? Um, all of these sagas that can be potentially sacrificed to my uh, spotlight card uh, en- enigmatic incarnation. Uh, that is that is, I will go for now. But just look at the cards, look at the possibilities. There's a lot here. I think I'm more right than I'm getting credit for. I don't know that I'm exactly right, but that was what made it hotness, which is why Ricky correctly named me champion this week. Uh, Ricky can I, me. can I get an opinion so real fast sure. on what
0: my alternative hot take was? Sure. Uh, my alternative hot take was the first Iron Games is the worst card in the set because it clearly gives you a gold token, and uh, Arena Athlete says that they don't they don't give out medals at the Iron Games.
2: Well, so here's the thing: you have three turns when you play the Aronian games to make sure you get that enchantment like Pod card into play, so you can make sure that they don't give out the gold token. Oh, that's okay, right. Okay. That's
1: right. It gives you three turns to sacrifice it. I actually I actually looked at that card a fair amount, especially with this thing. So there we go. All right, guys, that is it. that is it for me from the night. All right. Do you want know my hot? Stay t- tuned. What was your hot? What was, what hot was it?
2: Uh, Tiamat is actually the best of the Demigods.
0: That's fair. I think uh, that's fine. Yeah. The blue one, right?
2: No, the black one.
1: Oh, the black one. Yep. Oh, Timeret? Not Tiamat?
2: Yeah, Timeret, whatever. Tiamat's a game. Yeah. I was about to say,
1: you have been wrong because that card you <laughs> named doesn't exist. That card's We're a going to old dragon. school Gerard Fabiano rules. You can't name the card, you can't win. Oh, no. <laughs> all right.
0: So, Timeret, I, I. All right, that's fair. That's a fair hot take. I think all right, that but it doesn't matter. The graveyard Crystal. decks
2: are going to be the realest thing ever.
1: Sure, makes sense to me. All, all right, right, guys, so, time to sign off here. Yeah, all right. Sign
0: off here again. If you guys aren't subscribing, we are on Spotify. We're on Insta or on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on Stitcher as well. We're on all the major podcast networks. Please are share we on with your friends. We're not on MySpace. Sorry, okay. Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are. Feel free to sh- share us with your friends you are enjoying this content. Write into us. Follow us on Twitter at Crew Three Podcast. Uh, please review us. Please rate us on your favorite things. It definitely helps us get some eyes on this this program. And we hope that you guys sort of like the format change we got coming up. Uh, we've got some nice. We're we've got a little update coming down the pipeline. Gives a little more professional look to the logo. We've got some video production going on here at PAX next weekend. Ricky is going to be at uh, Magic Fest Austin. Grants some PTQ. So wish him the best of luck, everyone. And I just realize, always, I just want to thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for joining me. Any anyone else want to say anything before we sign off
1: here? Nope. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Talk to you after GP. Bye.